0: Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 conditions the See website for details. Welcome guys to episode number 71 of the Followers of the Force podcast. I am one of your hosts, David Triana, along with Jason Williams. Hello. And Gwendy is not joining us this weekend. Hopefully she'll be back with us next weekend. But today we finally are going back to our feature discussion for these episodes, which is a really fun one and one that we're having a little bit of an issue with. It's it's not the easiest thing to uh, to really answer. But we're going to do our best. And as far as news goes, it's Daisy Ridley all day, every day. Uh, she's been making the rounds on the different um, websites and news stations, I guess you could say. I forget. I know she was on TV at one point. She's like Good Morning America was pretty Good Morning America. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so owned by Disney, so I don't know how they got her. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows, right? <laughs> right. I mean, gee. That that happened. Good Morning America. I yeah. don't know. Why didn't she come here? Who knows? I don't know. Um, So, yeah, she was on Good Morning America. Then we have a couple stories talking about basically what's coming next in terms of her involvement with Star Wars. Uh, So, I am going to start off with the first story that is in the email, if I can pull this thing up, because, of course, I am not a professional, and it erased from my phone. All right. (laughs) So, first, it comes from Star Wars Newsnet, which... Guys, if you're not following them for your news as well as making Star Wars, what are you doing? I mean, these are the two sites that pretty much give you everything on a daily basis. So shout out to them, and let's get into this. Um, Daisy Ridley, she says she can't imagine returning to Star Wars right now, although always in motion is the future. So right off the bat, you know we're getting to Episode Nine in, in uh, several months, and the big question is, what happens next? Uh, will we see any of these characters next? Will Ray's story continue in some form or fashion on the big screen? So I'm going to read to you what uh, a part of the interview. And Vulture asks, uh, When you look ahead at the Disney calendar, there's a new Star Wars movie planned every other year until 2027. Carrie and so many other Star Wars stars continue to appear in the franchise as long as they could. Do you imagine yourself doing so if you're given the chance? And Daisy Ridley responds, I can't actually imagine it right now. The end to Rise of Skywalker. And then she's like, will rise, Sky- rise of Skywalker. Blames it on the jet lag. Uh, it's very satisfying. It felt like an end. I don't know what will happen in how many years. Uh, there are so many characters in the Star Wars world who've never been explored. There's so much for the filmmakers to work on. So right now, I don't think so. But who could say, really? An opportunity might present itself. I love how the movie hasn't come out, and people are like, what about going forward? Right now, it feels like a really nice full stop on the Skywalker series. So, Jason, after those comments, is it just like the, you know, pretty much common sense, like, yeah, I can't say anything because I don't know anything. Or is it, you know fan speculation going there's something here that she's not telling us what no do you i don't nope. i don't think it's the second one i think it, i think it's right I,
0: I i don't know i like to i i like to sort of take this at face value i think that yeah. you know she's not going to be in the benioff and weiss one and she's not going to be in the ryan johnson trilogy although that was reported and then that was taken back um i think either she clarified it or whoever reported it clarified it mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean these these three movies are her, they're her, they're Ray's, in more ways than one. They're Ray's um, trilogy. So unless Benny and Weiss and or Ryan Johnson are making, you know, a direct sequel to these to the, to the little seven, eight, nine, there's no reason for her to be in them. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm I'm going to take her to a word for it. I thought the only thing that <laughs> as you said the thing about the jet lag it's the rise of the skywalker Mm -hmm. um i I thought that was a bigger slip than anything else i was like well maybe that's maybe maybe." i thought oh she's confirming that the new whoever's are being called the skywalkers that's what i thought that was i I thought that was a bigger thing than the other but no i mean i don't i don't think so that i mean there's been nothing first of all if they were going to make episode 10 in you know 2020 you know all in secret she couldn't say if Anyway, which but they're right. not. So, um, yeah, I think she's pretty. She's pretty sure that this is going to be it for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll probably see her maybe come back and maybe like you know she might voice some. They do like those more sort of like forces of destiny kind of stuff. Right, and she might pop in and do those, but
1: yeah, you know. But well,
0: and for now until the end of time, she's going to get interviewed every time oh, Lucasfilm yeah. wants to do a retrospective on the sequel trilogy. So. It, it, I mean, that's how we kind of got to see, you know, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, you know, for a long time. It's like anytime somebody wanted to, anytime there's any sort of documentary or any sort of long thing about the sequel trilogy. I'm sorry about the original trilogy. You know, they called up Mark, Carrie, and Harrison, and Harrison didn't right. return the calls, but <laughs> Carrie and Mark certainly, certainly did. Um, yeah, I mean. She, she really needs to get used to the fact that she's going to get asked about this for the rest of her life. I mean, I think up until about, what, a year or two before uh, the sequel trilogy was announced, they were still asking Mark Hamill if he was going to be in any more Star Wars movies. Or so, um or, or yeah. carry So it's just something to get used to. But, no, I don't, I think this is, uh, I think this is just an article that pretty much confirms what we all knew. Is, this is it. This is it for Ray. I mean, she's certainly not going to say, "Well, I can't be anymore because I die in this one," so which is a possibility, but I doubt it.
1: Um. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you. I don't think that she's <laughs> hiding anything. I don't think Lucasfilm is hiding anything. It's the end of of her story right now, right? And who knows what's going to happen post nine? Um, it could be a perfect ending. We don't know yet. Um, and you know, speaking to Uh, Claudia Gray last week she said you know a novel that I'd love to write would be one about Ray, Um, so maybe we'll get a Ray novel in the future. Whether it's post oh we'll get a Ray novel
0: in the future. I I I don't know how we don't get a Ray.
1: And then yeah, and then who knows? Maybe she does the audiobook for it. Maybe she reads the character. Yeah. Um. So there are many ways she can return to the character. It doesn't have to be in a movie. She can literally just be Daisy Ridley. I played Rey in Star Wars episodes 7 through 9, and I loved it. And she can go to every celebration. She can do all of that and branch out into other roles. You know? She doesn't have to be married to Star Wars. None of them do. No. Um, She just has to go and do her own, her own thing. If her career takes the route of... Uh, of you know a Harrison Ford and she she still loves stars but it's not like the most important thing in the world. That's fine. If she goes the Mark Hamill route and then, you know, you know like thirty years down the road this is like coming back home and, you know, embracing all of it and then being a perfect troll on Twitter, then that's great too. Um but yeah, I I think the interview is absolutely supposed to be taken at face value. There's no you know Little seeds of of mystery planted anywhere in this article. Uh, well, plus so, this, yeah. this
0: is what I mean. This is what everybody's been talking about. Everybody's been saying, you know, this. You know, they're going to do nine, three years off, and then we're going to get the Benioff and Weiss, and the, and then at some point we're supposed to get Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I don't know if that's ever. I don't know. I don't know. Or or, or that's part of this thing. I don't. I don't even know. Yeah. But um. Yeah, there's nobody that said at any point, you know... Yeah, I mean, I think if we see Daisy Ridley back as Ray in some sort of thing, it's either going to be, you know, maybe a cameo in a Disney Plus show or an um, episode 10 in 2028 20, <laughs> or 2030, right. you know, um, lo- long after episode nine's done. So, yeah, I... I yeah. I, yeah. Again, I don't think this is. And I think this is the stories have much, much to do about nothing. I don't think she's hiding anything. I think she's just there's no plans for her to begin one, which is yeah. which makes perfect sense.
1: And sometimes, guys, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. She's answering a question that is a hundred percent the truth. Not everything has to be a, you know, a total. You know, I don't even know because right. that's how dumb it is. I don't even know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, moving on to the, uh, the next story. Look at that, about Daisy Ridley. What? Um, yeah, right? I mean... T- You'd think she had a movie to promote. Right? I thought she'd be busier than doing this. Uh, but she was on the uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and they started talking about uh, Daisy Ridley's first conversation with J.J. about the end of the Skywalker saga. So I'm just going to go ahead and read through that segment, uh, do my best uh, Jimmy Fallon impression. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Please don't. By the way, that
0: has more to do with Jimmy Fallon than you.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. So Jimmy Fallon starts off, uh, this is the last of the franchise. This is it. There's no more Star Wars. And Daisy really says, I mean, there's more Star Wars. There's just no more of this one. And he says, but this is – this is major. She's like, yeah. When you first got the script, did you get the script? That's my question. Or did they give you pieces of the script? And she says, no. JJ was like, hey, want to meet up? And I was like, sure. Uh, I was like, yeah, I want to hear the story. So JJ, this is Jimmy Fallon speaking. So JJ Abrams, the director writer, he calls you up and says, he said, do you want to meet up? I'll tell you about it. And Daisy was like, sure. Uh, this was a few months before we started and we were in a public, you know, a cafe and he fully told me the story from start to finish. And he was speaking at a normal volume and I was like, people can hear us. But regardless, the story changed. So, like, he told me the thing and then a few months later it changed. Jimmy Fallon's like, it did? And were you happy with the ending? And he, she's like, um, yeah, it's it's epic. And he's like, wow. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I like that. There's no bigger word than epic. And she says, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, so... That's that was that conversation. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed that very lovely recitation of the interview. Um, But with that's that's kind of in a way that's kind of cool. Imagine being able to imagine sitting in that uh, in that cafe and sitting at the table next to both of them and being a massive Star Wars fan. I would have my phone out and I'd record the thing and be like, I will never release this. But I will know what all of this is about.
0: I just would have found so many reasons to like get up and go to the bathroom and right. walk <laughs> and like walk by their table You're every like, oh, time. Oh, walk dropped. by the table every time, and then like you know, even though it's completely out of my way,
1: right? Just take the long way to the bathroom.
0: Because let's be honest, probably nobody in that cafe thought that jj was verbally telling her right. what the plot of the next movie is because that's something that you would like you would think is going to that's something as like in a star wars movie, it's like they're probably talking about the next movie and then your logical brain part of your brain goes why would they do that in the middle of a cafe but come to find out that's exactly what happened
1: yeah um they did it in plain sight
0: yeah and apparently jj has a history of this because remember for for force awakens uh it said him and uh him and Lawrence Caston would just go walking around like in public, I think in London or, or wherever they, they were shooting something and they would just go walking around and they would just out loud would talk about the next star Wars movie and nobody thought twice. So I will just say this, if I or you, or if anybody listening sees JJ out in public talking to somebody, you might want to saddle up. He's probably, (laughs) he's probably, probably about the next movie he's working on. Yeah. You want to get it, get in on it. Um, I know this was really cool, but it also, I remember, like, like I remember, um, didn't Colin Chavarro tell her the whole plot of his nine? Yeah, he did. Two? Yeah. So I, I kind of wondered in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder which one was better. Like, I wonder if she was like, she was like, fuck, we're going to do this other stuff and Colin Chavarro's one, but now we're going to, now we're doing this, I guess. But she said, then it changed, which, that's not a huge shock. Yeah. Um, because these things change all the time. Right. But no, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I would have felt like so many reasons just to be like... Like, I'd have got up and, like, thrown my trash away, you know? Yeah. You know? (laughs) Just find any plausible reason to get up. Yeah, and then just try with all my might to, like, remember everything until I got to some place where I could write it down.
1: Right, right. Oh, my God. That would have been... And this is without freaking
0: out that I'm in a cafe. I just had to be in a cafe with Daisy, Daisy Ridley and J.J. Abrams. Right. Because again, my first thought would not be, oh, they're here to discuss the next Star Wars movie. would just been, how cool is this?
1: Yeah. You know? Can you imagine? Can you imagine, <laughs> imagine J.J. sitting there, and he looks to his you know, to his right, and at the table next to him, Jason Ward's sitting down, and he's just like, I hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jason he's Ward's going just going up. Feverishly scribbling things down. Yeah, right? And then he's like, God <laughs> damn it. Jason, shout out to you. That was – you always do. I wouldn't be surprised if you freaking wrote an article the other – like in a, two, a few weeks saying, yeah, when that whole conversation happened, I was there. just been sitting on this story for a while.
0: Yeah, I've been sitting on this for a while. I just wanted to confer- – I just waited for Jason Gridley <laughs> to confirm it on Jimmy Fallon.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to be absolutely sure that they weren't just BSing. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I I think that's that's pretty cool, and for any fan or person who was there that didn't know what was going on, now you know, and now you hate yourself, because you didn't write anything down. Um, See, my
0: luck, it would be, like, my mother was there, who doesn't know who any of these people are, and she would just be like, they were there, they were just talking so loud, I was like, I didn't even care what they were talking about, I'm like, what are you doing, you know what I mean, like, yeah. I'm sure the people that were in there, that were with them, could have cared less, probably just could have cared less about Star Wars,
1: Yeah, you know? And I'm sure that's what it was. He probably picked a place that has like a—I don't know. They're probably looking
0: at the two of them and just going, "God, she is way too young for him."
1: <laughs> Why is she with her? Is that her dad? Is that her?
0: That better be her dad because she is way <laughs> too young for that man.
1: Oh, that's funny. But uh, but yeah, guys. So this the, this whole plot—it's been out there for a while, but of course, only a select few but people no one knew it. Heard it. Probably like a, they
0: probably wrote a bunch of stuff down on like napkins and things, and people just threw them out. They're like, oh, idiots were scribbling lightsabers on a napkin.
1: <laughs> oh man! And then, this and then you have Kylo uh, rebuilds his mask. What is the who, who cares? Or no, you have forrest Whitaker and a table next to him just going lies, deception.
0: <laughs> I, I would have been completely distracted by forrest Whitaker anyway. <laughs> I'd be like, forrest are we ever going to find out what happened to your feet?
1: This, yeah. Right. That's that should be the the question every time this celebration this saw happened.
0: Did saw get space diabetes? Like what happened to your feet?
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I probably shouldn't have laughed at that as hard as I did, but that that was a good line. That was funny. Um. So yeah, that was uh, story number two with Daisy Ridley. The last one we kind of just touched on uh, in the previous story, but she's not going to be in Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Uh. You know, I'm sure that that one's going to be its own story altogether. New characters, new locations, all that good stuff. So I don't really want to spend any time on it because we really don't have any details as far as uh, Brian Johnson's trilogy goes. But I do know that Knives Out is done. Uh, I just don't know when it comes out.
0: I mean, basically Uh, all she did was confirm something we we all were like 99% sure of, No. Yeah, it'd be like a year before Rise of Skywalker coming out, and she's going, "Yeah, I'm going to be in Episode nine And that being a story, it's like, "Well, we all just assumed you were going to be in Episode Nine. Why are you? Why is? This, why is this a thing? It's the same thing with this story. We just assumed you weren't going to be in that. Why is this? A, why is this a story? I guess because a lot of the clickbaity stuff on it was that, um, uh, was that? Well, first of all, that it, there was. I saw a couple of stories where she where it said she was going to be in it and then it had to those had to be retracted. It yeah. would have been a bigger story, yes, if she was going to be in the new trilogy, but um she's not. So, yeah. And then right there that would have been a Yeah, it's it was, a much spoiler. Yeah, that would be a much bigger story if she was going to be in the new the new trilogy. Uh, because honestly, I mean, as of right now unless you know something I don't, I mean, there's not even a rumor what his Trilogy is gonna be
1: about. Yeah, the only thing I heard one day was that his uh... the trilogies were gonna have a significant time jump, and that they were in close conversation with each other, being yeah. Ryan Johnson and Benioff and Weiss. And that's gonna take that's place like,
0: in another part
1: of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, that's all I've heard, and I think that's all anybody's heard. Yeah,
0: that's all anybody's heard, all anybody's heard. so if, if she was going to begin it, it'd be like the first like, concrete thing we've heard about it. You no. know? So... Uh, yeah, for her to be in it would be a bigger story. For her not to be in it again is like, you know, it's like R two D two is going to be in episode nine. It's like, yeah, w- yeah was, was he not going to be in episode? Nine? Knew that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> again, this is this is something we already knew. So <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So bigger story uh, until, if he wasn't going to. Right, uh, I assume we'll probably get some more info. If not at D twenty three, maybe you know, as late as celebration next year. Uh, who who knows really? Um, but I want to move on now to the feature topic for today's episode. Uh, I put a poll out there at the beginning of the week asking you guys what you wanted us to discuss on the show. Um, and the winner of that poll was for us to pitch our, you know, I forgot what I said, if it was our dream star Wars project or just a star Wars project. So the rules for this was we had to pick six cast members And a director. And, you know, at this point, I'm now realizing I should have said, and if you can think of a plot, great. If not, that's perfectly fine because (laughs) mine is in shambles. Um, But I know my cast and Jason knows my cast, but I don't know his cast yet. So, Jason, if you want to lead this one off, I I would really like to know.
0: I had two. One that I wrote... When I actually sat down to write years and years ago, just as kind of like a little project for myself, yeah. that I that I never finished because I got to the third act and I was like, "Uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to end this." I mean, I knew how to end it, but I it was like I don't know how to. Um, it'll make more sense when I tell you what it is. Okay, so my first one is an Obi Wan movie, and it's it's uh, I don't have a title for it, but it's. Nine years after episode three, Obi-Wan has grown bored waiting to train Luke. He's restless. He's started drinking heavily. He's lost his faith. Um, Luke gets bitten by some poisonous creature on Tatooine while he's out with his uncle. He needs medicine, but there's a blockade around Tatooine because of a dispute between Jabba and the Empire. So, Owen goes to Obi-Wan for help, thinking... uh, Goes to him to help. Obi-Wan thinks that they're going to go to Jabba so that they can plead to... Get this medicine for Luke, but the actual plan is for Owen to turn a Jedi over to Jabba in his negotiations with the Empire. So, Ooh. yeah, because he just wants he's he considers there's a scene earlier where he considers Obi Wan dangerous and like he doesn't want he doesn't want Luke to be any part of what um, what he's got, you know any part right. of this Jedi thing. Right. The Jedi, as far as he's concerned, the Jedi are dead, and if Luke's a Jedi then he's as good as dead. Um, and he cares too much for the kid. Anyway, so they get there, and no one believes the drunken hermit is a Jedi. So they just c- kind of capture and thrown in one of the cells. Okay. And while they're in there, there's a pilot, there's a female pilot named Zira, who I named after my dog, uh, <laughs> who agrees to get them off-world to get the medicine if the Jedi will break them out. So they, so they escape, and they escape a Jabba's ship. They get through the blockade, but it's heavily damaged, um, and they get rescued by Bail Organa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is like the first act of the movie. Uh, Bail agrees to get the to get the medicine to Luke, but since he has Obi Wan, he wants him to do him a favor. There's been large amounts of money missing from the Imperial coffers. It's just large amounts of money is just not accounted for. Bail had a an accountant who was getting him trying to get him information. This accountant has disappeared. So he wants Obi-Wan to go find them, and because while they're there and on their way back to Tatooine, Zira and Owen go with them to try and find this accountant and kind of find out the missing, when they find the accountant, the missing money is going to build the Death Star. They don't know it's a Death Star. They just know it's a huge weapon. Actually, they, I think where I had it in the story, they were just – they find out that they're building the dish. They don't know what they're going to do with the dish yet. But the money is all going towards this dish. You know the, the the gun, right? But the search for the accountant is a race against time because the Empire's assassins are also looking for the accountant, and if they get to him first, or worse, they get Obi Wan, all hope for the galaxy will be lost. And that was kind of where I stopped. I stopped it where I stopped where they found the accountant and the the bad guys that were after them. Um, they were, it was like the beginning of the third act, and I just couldn't figure out how to finish it. Because I knew at the end of it, Obi-Wan and Owen have to end up back on Tatooine. Right. So it was just a matter of how do we, and how much how much of this do we get to, uh, how, how much of how much of what happens in episode four does Obi-Wan learn of?
1: Mm. Like I did
0: have a scene in there where he, because it's only nine years, he finds out that Vader is still alive. Right. Obi-Wan just kind of assumed he wasn't. But he actually gets confirmation, and he sees Vader, and so it is kind of one of these deals where, like, when you have a Jedi, um, you want you want Obi Wan to you want Obi Wan to you want Obi Wan to light to fight with the lightsaber, but it can't be Darth Vader because then you take away from that what happens in A New Hope. So, and the reason I kind of wanted him to kind of find out a little bit about the Death Star, and then Rogue One completely ruins this. By the way, um, <laughs> well, it's because when they. And when they're in the Falcon and they're being pulled into the Death Star, he's like, "Hans, like that's a moon." And Obi Wan has the line, "That's no moon, that's a space station." Yeah. And I was, I was part of me was like, "How does Obi Wan know that?" Like Hans out here all the time, and mm-hmm. doesn't know it's a space. It can't tell it's a space station, but Obi Wan's like, "That's a space station." So,
1: yeah. I, I wanted to kind of fill in that little hole. A little bit, yeah, yeah. What if it reminded him of the center of the Trade Federation ship? Yeah, like, or... I remember. I remember one thing had a big ball in the middle. Right, right, what if right. It's that, yeah. So,
0: but that was kind of where I got. That was kind of where I got with it, and then since then, and I started a couple years ago, and I kind of abandoned it. I'll go back every now and then, but I realize now what I should put in now. So, if I ever do go back to it, instead of like these sort of imperial assassins that I came up with to come right. to go after, it should be the um. The, that, the, the Inquisitors. Mm, from yeah. Rebels. That, that they put into yeah. Fallen Order and, you know... Right, the right, right. Fifth Brother or whatever those things are called. Send a couple of those because then in the third act, Obi-Wan gets to lightsaber fight with somebody. And it's not Vader. And we don't get to ruin that. Um, but the, the the theme of it was Obi-Wan... At the end of it, Obi-Wan has his faith back. You know? That was, that was kind of the theme of the whole thing. Is that at the beginning... He's, you know, he spent nine years kind of, you know, what's the thing, if you don't use a muscle, it kind of atrophies, and right, so his sort right. of his sort of Jedi-ness is sort of atrophied a little bit, because so he's just been sitting around, drinking, you know, going into Mos Eisley, getting drunk, passing out in this thing. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to go off-world, and I couldn't think of a, you know, and I thought, well, the only reason he would leave is if he could get something to save Luke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Luke Luke had to be in some sort of trouble to spur Obi Wan to leave to leave him, because mm-hmm. the risk is greater than that. So so that was what I have for that. That was that was my uh that that was my that was my first pitch. And my cast I really like it. My cast is clearly Ewan McGregor is Obi Wan, Joel Edgerton is Owen, uh Jimmy Smith is Bail Organa. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Those, right. those three are kind of obvious. Um, for Zira, I wanted... Um, you know who Priyanka Chopra is? Yeah. I was watching the first season of Quantico when I was doing this story for the first time, and I just think she's freaking beautiful. And I was like, that would she would be cool to have it in this. That'd be kind of cool and a different kind of energy. Right. Um, and then the bad guys, I don't have any, you know... I mean, they got to be English actors because they're Imperials.
1: Right. <laughs> Nobody...
0: <laughs> he gets to, only Vader and uh only Vader gets to be in the empire and not be a british actor. Yeah.
1: So, pick uh Tywin Lannister um yeah, you know.
0: Tywin Lannister uh yeah, Colin Firth, you know, just your, right. you know.
1: But I liked, also, I liked it also.
0: I liked it also cuz we kind of get to go back to Jabba's palace for a little bit. We haven't seen Jabba in a while. We haven't seen him in this well, we haven't seen him since he died.
1: Yeah.
0: Um or since he what he spit the head off of that little bug to start the pod race. Right. So, and for directors, this was where I was like, I need to find, like, I just went through my Voodoo account, and I just was looking for something, um, somebody who had direct something sort of tonally in the same thing, something that was sort of very, I wanted somebody who was very effects heavy, but knew how to sort of keep a light tone, Yeah, but could still, you know, so my first choice is uh, Tim Miller, who directed the first Deadpool. Good. And then my second choice was Doug Lyman, who's done Live die Repeat and Mr. and Mrs. Smith and uh, well, he did the born Identity, which is kind of heavy but yeah. um but he's done a lot of movies, but again, like you're gonna want to kind of keep the the tone of this up a little bit but still be able to sort of do like this kind of big adventure yeah. deal so so that was my first one awesome so um but I just got to figure out the third act, and now that I'm thinking, yeah. now the more I think about it, the more I, know I want to put the Inquisitors in. I'm like, well, maybe that's how I fix this thing. Is, I, feel like,
1: I feel like this this movie could have a lot of great dialogue and fight moments.
0: Yeah, well, the, I mean, I kind of wrote the escape from Jabba's palace because yeah. uh, part of the reason that they don't believe that Obi Wan is a Jedi, even though he has his lightsaber, because the lightsaber doesn't work. Mm. And what had happened is Obi Wan took the took the Kyber crystal out and He hit it in his boot. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah, so he takes the crystal out. So when they pull the lightsaber out to show her that he's a Jedi, just nothing happens. Yeah, and he does say that, this, that you know they accuse him of being a Jedi, and he's you know everyone's like I like I took like the only power I have is I do a, a pretty decent crate dragon impression.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, so it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very much an opportunity for because a lot of it, it also tonally it's the the relationship between Obi-Wan and Owen is very much kind of a buddy cop kind of yeah. thing where you know Owen is taking this thing very seriously and is very sort of scared of everything and that was the other thing i wanted to do too is kind of is sort of flesh out that relationship that we really just get in a couple of lines in you know i kind of wanted Owen to watch Obi-Wan do his thing yeah. and not be impressed by it, but be like, this is terrifying. You know, this old man yeah. is... Like, I went on, like, like sort of the thing is, I went on an adventure with this crazy old man. He almost got me killed a hundred times. I am not sending you to go train with him to go be a Jedi. Like, yeah. Like, it's, like, it's to... It's, you know... Like, because it starts off at the beginning, Owen is almost scared of Luke. Because Luke is showing, like, mm-hmm. little... He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's like like there's a actually there was a story I had heard, and I kind of put that into it, um, where um, Owen can't find some tool. He's looking all over the garage for it, and Luke says it's buried under some things over there, and some pile of something. Yeah. And so when Owen goes over, he finds it, and instead of being happy, he's enraged. He's because he's scared because Luke knew or, Luke basically used the Force. To find out where the tool was. Right. And uh, the story I read, in, as, I don't know if it was a comic, I don't know if it was a book, I don't know if it was a Legends thing or if it was after Legends, but basically the the thing was is Owen is mad at him and Luke doesn't know why. Like Luke thought he was being helpful by telling him where the tool was, instead Owen's furious at him for being for telling him where it was. Mm-hmm. So, So that's another relationship I kind of wanted to work on. I wanted to... I wanted to to flesh out that that Owen loves Luke but he's scared of him. He's scared of him, right? And he also loves him enough to not want Obi-Wan anywhere close to him. Like I think like I think it, to get into it a little bit. I think if Owen had known that R2 had those the Death Star plans or where R2 and he 3 would have, came, he would have called he would have out. No, he would have never bought them. Mm. He just would have let him stay on that... He just would have let him stay on that transport. Probably. You know, I... I, I yeah, because I think even... Because I think calling the Empire would draw attention. Yeah. I think he would just let... He would just let him stay on the transport. And then they wouldn't have... He would have never... Like, if well, Luke had gone... About a what if. Yeah, like... Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: it, yeah because I think... Because I also wanted to do the story where Obi-Wan shows up, has the lightsaber... And no one tells him to go away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, I have it where Owens—I have it where Obi Wan's trunk when he does it, and that's the reason he tells him to go
1: away. <laughs> hey, you want to tell Luke to come over with? Well, no, me
0: just and... basically it's like he shows up at the beginning and he's like, it's like it's time. He's old. He's as old yeah. now as Anakin was when I started training him. It's time. And no one's like, get the fuck off my property. <laughs> Take that lightsaber. Don't ever come back. Um, because again, I think it's. Because I've always thought that in kind of a headcanon-y sort of way.
1: Yeah.
0: That, like, you know, Luke keeps wanting to go to the Academy. He keeps wanting to go, keeps wanting to go. And Owen is like, maybe next year, maybe next year, maybe next year. And it has, you know, and it's just because he doesn't want him to go. He doesn't want him. He knows the minute he leaves sort of Owen's protection, he's dead. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't doesn't think Luke is going to be a great Jedi or anything like that. He's like... It's like he's gonna go with an old man. Like best case scenario, he goes with an old man and he gets killed in a month. Or he just joins the Empire and they figure out who he is and they kill him right away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, there's there's just sort of all sort of all sorts of like that Owen Obi Wan Luke relationship that I was really kinda of, to kinda of hoping to, to to delve into a little bit with that. So
1: that's I my... think it's great. We should produce it. We should. Um, an audio drama. We should do it. I will. I will start the petition.
0: <laughs> to we uh, always need the petition. We always need a petition. Yes, we need a, Well, yes, we need a petition to do anything. Yeah. In Star Wars. I mean, uh,
1: that's clearly how. how it that's works. how
0: this works. So uh, we'll we'll do the uh, GoFundMe. Yep. So that we can um, instead of remaking um, the Last Jedi, we're just gonna.
1: Yeah, and and then if you know, and if you don't donate, you're a shill.
0: You're clearly a shill.
1: You're you're a Disney lover.
0: Yeah, you love Disney, yeah, yeah. Because I would want Disney to produce this, yeah.
1: and pay for it. Yeah, why would we want it? I mean, <laughs> we can totally self fund this. Why would I want ILM to do the effects? Yeah, honestly? why do I want you know <laughs> someone like Ben Burt to do the? Actually, the, I don't uh, want. To be completely honest,
0: I don't want Ben Burtt because all he does is, is talk about sound effects. He's <laughs> boring. I've listened to those commentaries and we'll the do the commentary.
1: Yeah. Oh God, Ben Burtt. Oh. <laughs> I, I am not. Commentaries. I watched The Last Jedi the other day with Ryan Johnson's. Pretty interesting. Oh. But, um. But, yeah. So. F- with you, we got. Uh. Obi-Wan's story. Which yeah. I think is really great. And, uh. While. Mine has like. A seventh of a plot. <laughs> I do have a cast and a director. There you go. So. Guys, my story would, uh take place 500 years after the sequel trilogy, and at this point in time, the Jedi Order is alive, but so is the Sith, and the reason I thought of this was, we've always seen the Jedi and the Sith uh, against one another, always, you know, it's just the way it's always been, and I'm like, well, if if the thing with Rey and Kylo out, and I know Kylo's not a Sith per se, but what if at some point down the road both opposing forces have to find a way to coexist? And I was thinking about, well, what if the, the galaxy is in such... Um, I don't know if I want to say chaos or anarchy, but it's in such a place where the Sith and the Jedi are actually working together. They occupy the same, uh, the same place. You know, they're sitting in the same council chambers. You know, I was telling Jason, it's like, you know, it's it's like the Senate. You got 50 Jedi, you got 50 Sith, and you just, you know, you do the thing. Um, but, I'm having trouble finding that opposing force uh, because I want to see what would happen if something starts to shake that balance and ultimately tip it on its side. I want to see will will it devolve back to the way it was, you know, thousands of years earlier, or will will it still be able to um, will they still be able to coexist and together fight that exterior threat? But my cast is uh, Matthew Reese of the Americans. Uh, he is a Sith Master. Uh, I just I, I picked some like random-sounding names. Uh, Clorin Tar is his name. Uh, I got Sean Bean. He's a Jedi Master, and I've freaking been wanting Sean Bean in a Star Wars movie forever. And, of course, his Jedi Master, Karst, if you unscramble those letters, Stark. I had to do it. Uh, Naomi Harris and she is Clorin Tarr's apprentice Tanli Azish and then the next three cast members Javier Bardem a former Sith turned like real just really bad guy like a mercenary uh, and I got Tatiana Maslany as a fallen Jedi and Emily Blunt a politician but secretly a multifaceted spy who we really don't know where her allegiance lies and directed by Denis Villeneuve coming to you guys 2074 everyone's (laughs) going to be dead by then uh so we'll get a bunch of force ghosts in there so that's that's my idea and it sounds very it could be very complicated which is why I don't think it'll work but I like the idea of what would happen if if it is you know the Jedi and the Sith in one place sort of you know having to do this whole thing together, uh, and I'm interested to see how that would work, and I, I have wanted, you know, somebody like Matthew Rhys and Javier Bardem and Tatiana Maslany in a Star Wars movie for a while. Um, thought we were going to get something like what I wrote for Javier Bardem with Benicio Del Toro, but, you know, it didn't happen, and which is totally fine, you know, I don't, I, I like uh, the point of, of DJ and The Last Jedi. Uh, so that was my pitch, and I'm curious to see what you guys would... What you guys think a good story f- would be for that cast? Well,
0: I have a—I mean, I have something, but yeah, I, I'm very curious if if you'd something you would even or even Lucasfilm would want to touch on. Um, was it the the Yuzon Bong when I grabbed yeah. them?
1: I you know I thought of it while I was doing it because that's really the one you know threat from outside the galaxy that they're like resistant to the Force and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. but I also I've I've heard that it's not the greatest story and it's not the greatest concept as far as characters oh, really? and, I, and it could be you know a bunch of BS and they're probably you know pretty cool but um, I, I just don't I don't know I really don't know
0: well I mean unless I mean because I'm just uh, I'm just uh, we're workshopping your idea here for a second uh, yeah. but if you're going to have them is they're going to you know, sort of get together and... Because and, you either have to have them fight each other yeah. or they have to fight something else.
1: Yeah. There has
0: to be a third party that they fight or they have to, again, like I said, they have to fight each other. Yeah. Um. So... So maybe not the Vong but maybe something along those, some sort of new, the sort of new race, I mean, the Yuzon Borg, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Borg. Yeah, have <laughs> them fight Klingons. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, just just to sort of test that. Because I think that could be. I think that's actually. Sorry, I just put a mint in my mouth. Um, I actually think the idea of them fighting together against something is more interesting than them fighting each yeah, other. Right. Because then you get into the you get because you could get into things of like, can we trust them? Yeah. You know, or you know, can we trust the Sith to to fight alongside us? You know, like a lot of sort of Game of Thronesy kind of stuff. Right. You know, and
1: that's what I was thinking about was something like very Game of Thronesy, yeah. where you know the the Jedi and the Sith were somewhere, and uh, it was you know, I don't know, maybe they were in the Senate chambers, and then all of a sudden it's like a red wedding sort of thing, but against the Jedi and the Sith, right? Like people just started taking both out. We oh, had, no. I
0: mean, if the Jedi and the, and the Sith aren't fighting each other, then there has to be some sort of right tentative piece that they've that I'm sure is very fragile to begin with. Yeah. So if they do have something that they're if they're coming together to fight the Star Wars White Walkers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which by the way, seriously, didn't do <laughs> J- rocks on our head spoilers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then. Um, I forget where I was going with that because I wanted to mouth the last episode of Game of Thrones real quick. Um, yeah, I just I think that that's more. In- I think that would be certainly more interesting than some sort of bizarre turn where now after I mean I don't know. Did you say how many years
1: they've been at peace? Uh, I, yeah, I, mean, oh, I the story takes us five years. five hundred years. Even if it's a hundred like, years, yeah,
0: yeah, that's a hundred years of tentative peace. I'm sure, right? You know, we, you know, it's sort of like a. Um, a Cold War sort of a thing where we're yeah. we're allies, but all we're really doing is waiting for you to do something to make us want to fight you. Yeah, kind of a thing. So, but no, I think it's cool. I think I think I think you got the you certainly have the building blocks yeah. of something.
1: And another thing about that is that, uh, and I didn't write this down, but it is possible for a Sith or Jedi master to take on an apprentice of the opposing yeah. side. Um, to sort of emphasize the the balance aspect of it, right? But you know, you could still have two uh, a Jedi master and a you know Jedi apprentice, and so on and so forth. Uh, and but, I think that could really be interesting. Like, yeah what what would ha- what would have happened if you know, uh, you know, I don't know, a Jedi trained. Sh- I don't know, Darth Maul. You know what? What what (laughs) the hell would that have looked like? Uh, Or, or if uh, Sith trained Obi Wan, what would that have looked like? You know. Well, the other thing
0: is, well, the the thing that's sort of bizarre about the scenario that you've set up is it sort of it it it, it changes the it changes a lot of the teachings because so much of the Sith training revolves around hating the Jedi and hating the light side. Yeah. And so much of the, the Jedi training revolves around fearing the dark side. Right. Um and if you take away that hatred and fear, then that's a completely different
1: mm-hmm.
0: type of training. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I had a another idea for this whole thing, which wasn't even dealing with Sith. It was that the galaxy was like Sort of if the New Republic turned into Blade Runner and uh, everything was just kind of a little chaotic and the Jedi were operating outside the law and they would hire mercenaries to kind of go out and, you know, either eliminate people or just go out and, and do stuff that they couldn't in the eyes of either the government or the people. And it was supposed to be uh, Matthew Reese's character and Tatiana Maslani as these two um, sort of bounty hunters that would answer to Sean Bean and then they would have they were going after a certain group of people that were um, you it was a concept in the Rogue One dic- uh, visual dictionary, the decraniated, where it was these people that were like their brains were sort of removed and they just had sort of half a head.
0: They have and one then, of those in Solo.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this guy, he was doing that to a bunch of, like, really powerful people. Um, and then, you know, that was going to be, like, the big conflict in that story. But, Ooh. yeah. Because I thought that would have been kind of cool in that setting. I like guess these outlaw kind of... Uh, like an outlaw subplot, and then you had the Jedi just trying to keep everything... Um, quiet, because you know it could obviously show them in a bad light. Right. So they became they became soldiers instead of keepers of the peace in a sense. Uh,
0: well, we you know yeah. how that went so the last time. Yeah, you know,
1: Mace Mace told us. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was that was my pitch. That was no, that's cool. Pitch. I liked that.
0: I liked it. I got a half. I got another half of one. You said I did two. I got super excited about. All
1: right, this. Yeah, dude, dude. Tell me your second.
0: And my second one I kind of talked about a little bit on the show, and and it's odd because it's a it's it's centered around a character that I don't particularly care for, yeah. But I think it's a good idea. So, uh, but it's a Boba Fett solo movie because mm-hmm. apparently I'm making solo I'm making Star Wars <laughs> stories, that Lucasfilm is not, yeah. Um, but it's I I decided to call it Boba Fett Rebellion, and it opens on a junk shop in Tatooine. And there's somebody selling Boba Fett's armor, and then a mysterious man comes in asking about it. And then we flash back to Boba on his way to bring Han Solo to Jabba the Hut. And then Slave One is attacked by the other bounty hunters that we saw in uh, we saw in *Empire Strikes Back*. And it, it's, he crash lands on this planet um, and left for dead. And boss got decided takes Solo. Uh, he's found and he's nursed back to help and taken to this little town on the planet that's under the rule of this uh, tyrannical rogue imperial governor. Uh, and even though it's against his code to get involved and stripped of all his gear and usual tricks, uh, Boba brings the town together and trains them to fight the governor and they win their freedom. And then in the end, Boba tracks down Bossk and recovers Solo, but decides he's done with his bounty hunting life and he just wants to help the planet in the rebellion. So he sends his right hand during the battle, a man named Jaster Muriel, uh, in his stead with Solo to Jabba the Hutt, and then that's the guy that gets killed in Return of the Jedi. It's not Boba Fett. Mm. So when we flash forward to the end, we see that the older man is Boba Fett, and that he's buying his armor back.
1: Oh, shit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What a twist that would have been.
0: Yeah. Well, I just thought, cause I because part of the thing, there was two things that bugged me, and actually Jason Ward talked about this on, I think it was his show, is it like, like um, Return of the Jedi takes place, like, what, a year and a half after... After the Empire Strikes Back,
1: something like that.
0: But Boba Fett's been hanging out there the whole time. He's been hanging out there for a year and a half. What the hell is he doing? So my thing was, um, my thing was, he hadn't been there that long, (laughs) and Mm. and the reason why is because he went through all this, and then he gets defeated so easily. You know, he gets hit because Han Solo hits him with a stick, and I was like, well, we can retcon that and not make it Boba Fett. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it's. so that was so yeah so that was my twist on that. And then you could still do Boba Fett 2 3 4 5 and 6 cuz he doesn't die in in the Sarlacc pit. Um and my cast my I mean clearly my dream Boba Fett would be Daniel Logan who I googled today and he's like 30 years old which is yeah which makes me feel ancient. <laughs> um, but if they aren't going to do Daniel Logan because nobody knows who he is except for Star Wars fans, and I think and honestly, I, th- I thought about this like I think people would revolt. Like I think they would revolt if they were like you'd have to find an actor of sort of that same sort of ethnic background because Samara or- Morrison's kind of too old. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so I was like, but if we're not going to get him, and we're just going to go straight, we're just going to recast Boba Fett with a white guy because that's what Hollywood does. My, I was like, it's like, well, then John Hamm, because he, in the uh, from a certain point of view, he read the Boba Fett part, right, and I, I liked the way he I sort of did that. I thought it was that was fun, and then um, for the woman that finds him, um, Zoe Kravitz, because I'm watching Big Little Lies and I think she's great on that. Um, the Imperial Governor, uh, Gwendy would like this, Tom Hiddleston,
1: <laughs>
0: and then um, I was. I was looking at directors. Again, for directors, I was just looking for tone. And as I was looking for tone, I was just going through my my voodoo, what I have movies I have on voodoo, and I ran across Fury Road, and then I remembered Nicholas Holt from Fury Road. Oh, yeah. So he would have been the Jaster Muriel character, the guy who ends up being Boba Fett at the end. And the director, oddly enough, I picked before I remembered this because I kind of wanted sort of the, the gunfighter, you know, brought out of retirement to help the, you know, the... 'Cause it would feel very much like a space western. So I was like, oh, we'll get the guy that did Logan.
1: I it was just about to say James, James Mangold. James
0: Mangold, who yeah. was rumored to be doing the Boba Fett movie before they decided they weren't doing any more standalone films. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, oh well that would work out great. Um so yeah, so that was my that one's not as fleshed out as the Obi Wan one because I just sort of thought of the story for that one. But I like, but yeah, I, but I like the twist. I like
1: the twist that it's not Boba. Yeah, Fett. Yeah, it's it's a really good twist. I don't think anybody would have expected that. Yeah, that it's yeah. not
0: Boba Fett that went that took Solo to um, took Solo to Jabba.
1: Yeah,
0: and the other part of it is I like the idea of the, all the all the other bounty hunters just like, well, yeah, we didn't get Solo, but all we're gonna do is we know where we know Boba Fett's got him, and we know where yeah. he's going. So all we're gonna do is just take him from him before he gets there, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I think that's relatively smart. And they kind of did a little bit of that. On, um, I think it's just the comic version of Shadows of the Empire, but I also that was a really cool sort of a, a thing, like that he had to defend keeping Han Solo frozen from Carbonite. And the other thing too is you get to use the the Han Solo and Carbonite prop, you know, all over the place. Yeah. So Han Solo's in it, but he's not in it.
1: <laughs> right, and you don't have to pay Harrison Ford for it. You
0: don't have to pay Harrison Ford, and I think those things are pretty indestructible. Like I think if, like I think if your ship blew up, I think that I mean, did they kind of do that in Clone Wars? Like Carbonite would just like it would just like you just float out into space, you know? Yeah. So, not like it needs life support or anything. So,
1: <laughs> right, he's frozen. He he's frozen. It. Yeah, doesn't need it. Um, Lucasfilm, I want to tell you if you're listening. I mean, I think we have three winners here. I think, I
0: think so. If you're looking for something for twenty, twenty-eight,
1: twenty-nine, and thirty, yeah, let us and, you know. I, let us know. And if you say no, we're going to start a petition to run you out of business. <laughs> Again, we're going to so. start. We're going to start <laughs> a,
0: our own Disney, and we're going to yeah. buy our own Marvel and Star Wars yeah. and make our own movies.
1: <laughs> Who is it that does the voice, uh, Mark Ellis, every time he talks to, like one of the trolls on Twitter? He's like, "We're going to start a petition." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, those people. Oh, jeez. But, uh, but, guys, those were our pitches for future Star Wars stories. And I think we, uh, did a pretty good job. I, I think, think we so. have good casts. I think we have really good stories. Uh, and I think they should be made because we told you it should be made, <laughs> which means it should be made. Um, right now I only have about $7.68, but if we can. You know, multiply that times about a million, and oh, you can't make maybe maybe a very Wars low movie budget, a very low budget Star Wars movie, right? Uh, with about you know, or no, screw it. We, our budget will be one billion dollars. To quote Doctor Evil, mm-hmm. so please help us. We are only hope. Please donate. Yeah, to the GoFundMe. <laughs> to the GoFundMe. It's uh, www dot DisneyNotChill.com dot com. New Disney, slash, yeah slash. Our stories are better slash. <laughs> please donate. Um. Jason, you have anything else to add, man?
0: No, no, other, no. Other than I now I kind of want to rework the, the Obi Wan thing because I want to put in the <laughs> cause I want to put in the um the Inquisitors. Yeah, I, I forgot all I about the Inquisitors, and I they're much they're much better. The much better bad guys, as we've seen. Oh yeah. In um, and rebels and and, the, and from what I saw of the uh, Jedi Fallen Order deal, yeah. so.
1: But you know, you got to give them those helicopter lightsabers. No helicopter lightsabers. <laughs> no, no. The one canon inconsistency. No, no helicopter they don't have lightsabers. The helicopter <laughs> lightsabers. Um, but guys, there you have it. That was episode number seventy-one of the Followers of the Force podcast. We hope. You enjoyed us talking about those news stories. Hope you enjoyed our pitches for future Star Wars projects that we would make. Um, like always, you can become a patron on Patreon for just a dollar, and you get these episodes early. Uh, and I promise you guys, we are thinking about other stuff to put on the Patreon page. Which it's, it just takes time, uh, especially yeah. when you have work—you know, work schedules that constantly change um it just becomes a little difficult but i promise we are thinking of those things uh if you want to support the show further than that you can head on over to T public we have a bunch of merchandise on that store your hoodies shirts tank tops pillowcases mugs laptop bags you know whatever you can think of it's probably on there uh you can also leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts um, it really helps the show, helps us you know, rise the, the charts on iTunes. And before I forget, we have really great uh, patrons on Patreon. I know we have the guys over at Scarif's Scuttlebutt Podcast. They are patrons of ours. We appreciate their support. Also, we have two of the best guys on Twitter, Neil Lowry and Rule Farm Boy, Anthony. You guys know them very well with all the shout-outs and the loads of positivity each and every day so shout out to you guys also we have our very own jason williams because he wanted to get episodes early yep um <laughs> and i was mike, such a narcissist i to listen to
0: myself a day
1: before it ends up yeah, on the actual i just couldn't wait just couldn't wait um and we got mike carpenter of the canon cantina so thank you guys very much for uh supporting the show We really appreciate it. And if you guys are thinking about supporting the show but don't know if you should, I think you should. So head on over to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash followers of the force. We have uh, several tiers on there. You get different things for each one you sign up for. And uh, I hope we see you there soon. So until next time, guys, may the force be with you. Always. Always.